Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Even even if a team's not winning, you know, you got a lot of Patriots haters for many years because of how much they actually did do the winning. But still, after a couple of seasons where it's like, you know, okay, well, this team just clearly can't get over the the hump. So I think it's just natural for, for people to kind of do what they're doing with the Bills right now and overlooking them. That said, you know that there is a a a bald football coach who works out a lot um, that's going to use that to motivate his team <laughs> for 17 games this year. And, of course, that is Sean McDermott. Uh, he's going to use whatever it takes to make the Bills seem like the underdog, and that is actually a pretty easy route in his, in his uh, defense. It's a pretty easy easy thing to say uh, to your players. Look what they're saying about us. They're sleeping on us. and. Uh, you bet for 17 weeks the Bills are going to play with that in mind. Welcome into the show. Ryan O'Leary here. Definitely fired up to be kicking off season four of the Bills Wire podcast, along with my good buddy Nick Wotton of the USA Today Network. Oh, man, how time flies. Am I right, Nick? Season four for us. I know. Season four. I can't believe it was. I mean, I've been I've been working with Bills Wire for about double that. And it seemed like I just started and. Guess what? I've not just started. I've been here for a long time. I got to be one of our longest tenured guys now. And whew, I'm old. <laughs> but uh, we are still surviving, Ryan. We survived the long, grueling offseason. Nice heat wave here in the Northeast. Um, but uh, yeah, football is back once again. Yeah, I'm so excited. Yeah, we survived uh, COVID because we started this thing in 2020. So that's right. Uh, the odds were probably against us for still being on the air in four years, but. Well, it's, that hasn't been four years yet, but we're kicking off season four. Excited to be doing it. Hopefully, you, the listener, join us throughout the season. We'll be back weekly here going forward covering Bill's football. I can't wait. Subscribe, tell a friend, all that. Uh, just like a quick programming note, coming up later, we'll be breaking down what should be an awesome season opener between the Bills and the Jets on Monday night. Nick, I'm sure you're fired up for that one. Yeah, I mean, who 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 isn't at this point, you know? A first one of the season, especially another Another year in a row where uh, the Bills are are starting the year on the uh, national spotlight, if you will. This time at the opposite end of the, I don't want to say spectrum, but I guess schedule. Uh, last year, you know, they opened the year on uh, the Thursday. And now we have uh, the the good old wrapping of the bow, if you will, of the week one NFL season, Bills versus Jets. It's going to be uh, going to be interesting. Going to be interesting. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Uh, in New Jersey, Kit, you see what I did there, Nick? Not in New York. It's in New Jersey, that ball game, MetLife Stadium. My favorite. I'm sure that place will be rocking. Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, you know, all the hype around the Jets. Kate, can't stop seeing Aaron Rodgers and the Jets on your TV. Everybody's kind of forgot about the Bills. And we'll talk about more of that later. Uh, so we'll have a, a breakdown of that game and some predictions coming up later in the program. We'll also have some week one fantasy football advice coming up here in a little bit from Corey Bonini, our friend from the huddle.com. So stay tuned for that. But first, uh, Nick, let's just catch up on a few topics surrounding the team because uh, it's been a little while since our last offseason episode. I think the last time we talked was a little bit after the draft. I think one of the big stories surrounding the bills over the last few weeks was Vaughn Miller, right? It sounded like he had a chance to come back and be ready for the start of the season. Medically, I think he, he was going to be cleared, but he lands on the pup list. He's out at least the first four weeks. 
what's your what's your take on Von Miller being out? Yeah, it's um, you know it's it's interesting because uh, y- you know I I don't want to say I know I always am uh, pretty pretty take everything with a large anything I hear from one Bill's drive the the largest grain of salt that you can take. So um, I mean do- for for just about the entire off season, Doctor. Von Miller was clearing Von Miller to play. Of course. Um, because he, he was the one saying that, yeah, I'll be back. Yeah, I'll be back. Like, no, no medical expert. Just he'll be back. And, you know, he said that he got cleared. But, you know, I think if he really fully got cleared, he'd probably be out there. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I think it's certainly going to be a loss. I mean, it's Von Miller. He nearly led the Bills in sacks last year. He had eight sacks. Greg Rousseau led the team in eight and a half. And, you know, Greg Russell didn't play the full season, but he played a couple more games than Von Miller and still barely beat him. So, um, yeah, it's uh, Von Miller missing, I think, is going to be pretty, pretty big. But I think in the long haul, it's going to be bigger. I mean, let the guy let the guy make sure he's good to go. Give the team that extra boost in week five. Um, I mean, the Bills are going to be all the way out in London that week. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, it's certainly a loss, but with the reinforcements, with Leonard Floyd in the fold now, and they really do have quite the deep pass rushing area. Um, they, they've interestingly never really put up big sack numbers, but maybe that'll change this year too, because I know we might get into uh, Sean McDermott calling the defensive plays, but it looks like he's going to be a little bit more aggressive. Maybe that turns into some more sacks. Lots to be determined, but yeah, of course. I mean, you'd be foolish to say, you know, Von Miller's not, not a loss. <laughs> Von Miller's one of the best pass rushers of all time. Of course, it's going to be a loss, but I think the Bills do have, you know, the best amount of tools you could possibly have to, you know, keep keep the ship afloat without Von Miller. Yeah, it's a loss. It's it sucks. I think you know, for Bills fans, we're all feeling we would love to be watching Von Miller put Aaron Rodgers on his ass on Monday night, and it doesn't sound like the Jets' offensive line is in a great spot heading into that. We'll talk about maybe more in depth on that later. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna miss watching Von Miller, but I think ultimately, when you step back and think about the take the long range approach, probably a good thing that the Bills decided it was best to keep Miller on the shelf, maybe saving him from himself. Nick, I'm sure Doctor Miller would have put himself on the field if he had the choice. Sounds like Brandon Bean and company stepped in, and and you know I kind of applaud them for that. You know, I mean, you know, I, I this is a huge showdown with the Jets on Monday night, no doubt. There's a lot of hype around the Jets. The Bills have a chance to put them in their place in MetLife. You know, that's. That's a big deal. But then after that, the Bills have the Raiders at home. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo and the Raiders. I don't know. The the command Washington Commanders after that on the road week three. The Dolphins at home week four. Then as you said, week five out in London. Uh they're not playing like the Bengals, the Eagles, the Chiefs, mm-hmm. the Cowboys, all these big non division games they have. Nick, all of those are after week eight. All of those are in the second half of the season. When, you know, according to this plan, I guess on paper we'll have a Von Miller ready to go, right? A full strength, full speed Von Miller, healthy, fresh, ready to roll for those big matchups, hopefully into the postseason. So I think when you step back and look at it, probably a good thing the Bills are taking this approach. Still sucks, right? But I think it, yeah. ultimately it's the right approach. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think the opponents are are certainly playing a part. And um, you really, truthfully for me, you never really know how ready Von Miller is because, uh, I mean... I've covered pro sports for a long time now, and these guys are all media trained. So that's not like a don't mean that as some kind of humble brag that yeah I cover pro sports. But sincerely, I've done this for a long time. I've seen these guys behind microphones. 
I've never seen somebody more optimistic than Von Miller about legitimately anything. He is so optimistic Seriously. of a guy yeah. about everything. And I, I, I know we, we, we both know John from Broncos wire. And I remember asking him, I'm like, is he always like this? Like, no matter John what he said, yes. about, he's just so optimistic about everything. And he goes, yeah, no matter what he's going to, he's going to say the most, you know, outrageously optimistic things. And he does, he does to his credit. So if you guys are listening to Von Miller, even late in the season talk, just, he is always optimistic about everything, but you know, Hey, I mean, what's wrong with that? You know, be positive in your life. Life, I guess for sure. I think we could all take a little bit out of that. So again, gonna suck not seeing Von Miller out there. Probably the right call. So let's just you know try to get over it. I think the Bills will be fine. Not playing a huge juggernaut schedule here early in the season. Um, so there's that. Just in terms of like just in general, this is a very broad topic, Nick. But just the Bills standing, I guess as AFC East favorites, what were I guess where they used to be. I get people aren't really picking the Bills as much now to. It's not so much of a shoe in to win the AFC East. They're standing as a Super Bowl contender. I think aside from doing an excellent job at retaining their core guys, right? The, the Bills have done a really good job. I mean, Tremaine Edmonds is one that got away, I guess. But, you know, the Bills have done a good job of keeping their core guys and then just kind of adding help on the fringes of the roster, right? That's what we kind of saw this year. Adding guys like Damian Harris, Deontay Hardy. They added a couple of guards. If we want to talk about the offensive line, Connor McGovern looks like he's going to start. Mm-hmm. Um the defense, though, it, it looks largely the same as last year. Uh, and so Brandon Bean, he he's not always going to tell us the truth, right? He's lied to us. I'm not calling him a liar, but he has lied to us in the past. But he kind of told us we're not going to make a big Von Miller-like splash move, Nick. And he lived up to that. So mm-hmm. based He also on that, said that before signing Von Miller <laughs> and before. Exactly. In, his, in his mind, LaShawn McCoy is still on the Bills. So. <laughs> so here's what I think. I think because the team is so similar to... To years past and probably last year's team, I think folks are kind of starting to sleep on the Bills. We're not hearing people talk about the Bills. They just think they're going to fall off. Do you think that's a fair point? Do you think people are not, you know, they're sleeping on the Bills a little bit more this year than maybe years past? Yeah, I think so. I think it's pretty easy to say, easy to see. Um, you know, even even the hot take experts you hear hear a lot of that all the time. But uh, the Bengals have, have gone a little bit further, if you will, and. Yeah, I think I think that that's kind of natural. I think people kind of get even even if a team's not winning, you know, you got a lot of Patriots haters for many years because of how much they actually did do the winning. But still, after a couple of seasons where it's like, you know, OK, well, this team just clearly can't get over the the hump. So I think it's just natural for for people to kind of do what they're doing with the Bills right now and overlooking them. That said, you know that there is a a a bald football coach who works out a lot um that's going to use that to motivate his team <laughs> for 17 games this year and of course that is sean mcdermott uh he's going to use whatever it takes to make the bills seem like the underdog and that is actually a pretty easy route in his in his uh, defense it's a pretty easy easy thing to say uh to your players look what they're saying about us they're sleeping on us and uh you bet for 17 weeks the bills are going to play with that in mind uh whether they're 17 and 0 or not that that this is this everyone's looking over overlooking us. Everyone was looking at the Bengals and KC and the Eagles and and whatnots. So uh, to answer your question, Ryan, yeah, it's gonna. This is the Bills are being overlooked without a doubt uh, heading into twenty twenty three. I think. Yeah, and and I think you know, I actually think it's fair for Bills fans to maybe be a little annoyed that the team mostly stood pat in free agency while teams around the Bills. Dolphins, Jets in particular, we're, we're kind of loading up. But I also think it's fair 
to defend what the Bills did because while I think Brandon B's comments about the salary cap is like it's mostly lip service, it's a fact that the Bills have been among the league's highest spending teams in terms of like real cash on player salaries the last couple of years. I don't know. I'd rather my team reset the books. Like the NFL is a business. This happens to teams all the time, right? You can't just go ham in free agency all the time. Uh, you, you just you, you can't do it. Sometimes you have to reset the books. I think the Bills are legitimately resetting the books this year a little bit while fielding a very competitive team. I like that situation. I I don't want to be the team that kind of sucks because we went for it and missed, right? Uh, mm-hmm. The Bills, I think, kind of went for it. We've talked about this in the past. They went for it when they signed Vaughn Miller. They were swinging for the yep. fences. They missed, but they're not doing what the Rams did. They're not going to the bottom of the basement now to kind of reset. They're staying in this. Yeah. They're staying put. Now, I would love to have that Super Bowl championship the Rams had, mm-hmm. obviously, but it's not like the Bills weren't good enough to win the championship. I think, as you just said earlier, Nick, they just haven't gotten out of their own way yet. They they were that it was on a freak, it was on the table for them. They just couldn't quite take it, right? So mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm kind of impressed, honestly. I mean, a, a little annoyed that the Bills didn't make any moves really that could really improve the team. They're kind of the same team as last year, to a, I guess to a degree. But at the same time, like it's the business. You, you're gonna do this, and it's kind of impressive that the Bills are kind of resetting the books a little bit this year while also fielding one of the best teams of football. I think that's kind of a, a neat little trick they're doing. Yeah, the the Bills under Brandon Bean have, have had a quite the knack for, you know, going in but not fully going in where they go the Rams route of, okay, we win one title and now you're kind of obsolete. Um, you know, that's that's why the Bills have been spending so much, I think how you put it, Ryan, was cash, um, just because they're restructuring these contracts in a way where, you know, they sign a player to X amount of dollars with their their base salary, if you will. And they re, 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 restructure, re, whatever, all these deals. Right. And they move that base to signing bonus. And this is what it does. It just gives them more cap space and they can send, spend more dollars, of course. They've done little maneuvers like that. But then still, you, you, you can't just, you know, dink and dunk your way down the field, as we see. Sometimes you got to make a big decision. And this offseason, that big decision came by, okay, we can't, we can't get Tremaine Edmonds back under contract. Um, and the Bills, I think, really stuck to their guns in the draft going. Uh, and we're, I know we're going to talk about it a little bit more, the middle linebacker uh, position here. Um, but I think they really stuck to their guns in the draft and went best player available on their board. And that was it. And here's where we are. But, uh, yeah, we're going to see we're going to see, you know, what what the Bills are, what, what kind of team they're going to be with their long term and short term goals in mind, because they. You, you got to give that to them. I mean, you, again, you mentioned the Rams, Ryan. They, the Rams were, all right, we're going to try to win right now. We're going to trade for, ironically enough, a guy named Von Miller. We're going to try to win right now. And the Bills got that same guy, but they're still also kind of shuffling through, okay, well, we got to do a couple things here to to keep the books even. So, uh, yeah, but uh, it, overall, like you said, the, this team is certainly being overlooked, I think. And it's it's... It's going to be, I think, a fun season again, we'll say. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. And you just mentioned the middle linebacker. Let's go there because some of the, you know, in terms of like the quote unquote surprises off the Bills final 53 man roster or initial depth chart or whatever you want to call it for the active roster. I think one of the big ones that we could call a surprise, Terrell Bernard right, in line to start at middle linebacker over uh, some more experienced guys on the roster like a Tyrell Dodson. So that's been a topic of conversation. Nick, what's your take on that? Yeah, what a topic of conversation. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so uh, at this point, most people know, but to just give the 101s, Tyrell Dodson was Tremaine Edmonds' main backup for the last year or two, former undrafted rookie, went to Texas Tech, I believe, had some early off-field off issues. Uh, Bills have always really liked him as, as the backup for a while, but yeah, uh, basically up until two years ago, our AJ Klein was that backup guy. He would fill in for either Matt Milano or Edmonds when they went down. Then they got went younger there and went with Dodson. Now Klein's back, and Dodson was really the only one playing this preseason because Terrell Bernard had a hamstring injury, suffered, I think, the last practice before. Uh, I think the Colts were the first preseason opponent. He didn't get on the field at all during the preseason, and then just this week he's named the starter. Uh, you give the, I guess his mental reps were so good that they went with him over Dodson. <laughs> uh, and we're really going to find out uh, how much the Bills are in trouble, if you will. Uh, maybe not a lot, maybe a little. They they put a lot of emphasis on their linebackers because they only have two on the field. They run that nickel defense. They're still going to do that. Uh, Terrell Bernard's probably more athletic than Tremaine Edmonds. It's it's still quite the roll of the dice of a guy who was primarily a special teamer after his rookie year. And yeah, yeah, we're going to see. We're going to see what happens. And I'm just, you can't even comment if you guys want some great analysis on it. Um, just don't listen to anybody because anyone who's covered the Bills has only seen this guy cover kicks since last season. <laughs> he hasn't even played in the preseason. Uh, it's amazing uh, 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 that, that he's going to be the opening day starter. And if you would have asked me a couple months ago, you know, who, who it's going to be, I kind of thought Bernard was the guy that it could be. But then when he didn't physically get on the field during preseason, you're like, well, okay, how the hell are they going to play this guy? <laughs> They're going to do it. They're going to do it. So, yeah, let's see. Uh, giddy up. It's going to be something to watch for sure. This is one of those This is one of those areas where we say we throw our hands up in the air and say, all right, Sean McDermott's smarter than us, and we're just going to go with it, right? It's kind of the, one of those. God bless him. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so Bernard is one. I mean, hopefully, I mean, we were just talking about the Bills kind of resetting, uh, resetting the books a little bit this year. I don't want to say like, getting cap compliant or anything because that's kind of bullcrap it's they're resetting the books that's the way i like to put it but one of the casualties was of course tremaine edmonds as you said nick so maybe we'll be missing that player we'll find out uh but the two other starters that were kind of announced here that i guess could be quote unquote surprises i want to get your take on these i'll I'll just give them both to you uh christian benford so christian benford's going to be the one starting on the outside at corner opposite trey white and then uh the rookie Osiris Torrance, uh, the second round pick out of Florida, set to open as the starter at right guard. A little bit of a surprise, Nick, because the Bills, didn't they just give Ryan Bates a contract extension last year? Uh, so that one. Made yeah, they a actually, bit of a surprise. They, they, the Bears signed him as a restricted free agent and then they, they matched that offer. So, yeah. Okay, that's what it was. Yeah. So uh, Benford and Torrance, what do you think about those two? Uh, Torrance, the least surprising of the bunch, just based on the proof in the pudding, if you will, he, he was getting a lot of play in preseason. Um, and he was supposed to, everyone kind of had him written as a first round pick. Some mock ba- drafts had him as the bill's first round pick ahead of uh, Dalton Kincaid, but, um, he, he's turned out to look like a pretty damn good first, first round talented player. Um, he's looked, he's looked pretty steady, uh, you know, and speaking of cornerbacks, um, cornerbacks and offensive linemen, those are kind of like the two positions you, if the less you hear about them, the better. 
Uh, so if, yes. if you're not getting burned, <laughs> you're not being talked about, you're probably doing something right. And it kind of kind of goes for both of these guys here. Uh, Benford's a little bit more uh, surprising. For a while, it's been either him or Dane Jackson. Uh, you know, Kyrie Elam looks, looks in trouble. He, I think the Bills, you know, they like to go for their – go for their uh, tried and trusted method of, you know, like I mes- mentioned best player available. And um, I-, I think that they didn't do that with Elam. Uh, there was the uh, Washington cornerback in the 2020 draft that I think the bills really wanted. Um, he went to the chiefs. So I can't remember his name. I'm like spacing on it right now. Uh, but anyways, I think the bills maybe reached on him and uh, just uh, uh, Trent McDuffie is his name. Uh, I think the Bills really wanted him, and Elam uh, was there two picks later. They traded up and took him, and now it's like the sixth and seventh round picks, uh, Dean Jackson and Christian Benford, um, just outplaying him, uh, outplaying him. And it, Benford, it, I think, is I think almost kind of like in hockey, a goalie battle. You're going with the hot hand. I think right now Benford's the hot hand. Starting at the beginning of preseason, uh, first two games, Jackson got the start. Um he got the start in the second game. They played one series in the second game. The starters, he intercepted the ball. The starters all went out. Next game, Benford, he had a great week of practice, uh, according to reports out of St. John Fisher. Then he got the start in the third game. He he had a hell of a third game uh, against the Bears. Uh, great tackle for loss on Justin Fields. We know that guy can move. Uh, another third down pass breakup, and uh, Benford's in there, so... Um, one of my hot takes for the Bills season is that we might not see Kyrie Elam make a single start, which is that's not good for first round pick entering no. a second year. Oh, but yeah, we shall see. We shall see. Yeah, Kyrie Elam is buried on the depth chart. There's no doubt about it. So I mean, he was playing. Yeah, when you're playing was, late yeah. in this preseason finale, like he was. Yep. I was just gonna say that. Not good. Yep, that's not a good sign. Never a good sign. Uh, you know, for for the Patriots, that, that's what happened to Bailey Zappi. He was playing late into that preseason game, and then he got cut. So, you know, that yeah. was the big surprise cut over in New England as well. So, uh, yeah, th- those are interesting guys for sure. Uh, Christian Benford, man, if you can tackle Justin Fields in the open, you know, that's that's pretty good. That, that'll get my attention as a coach as well because <laughs> that guy yeah. is okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a guy that, that's uh, difficult to tackle. So, yeah, that and the third the third down pass breakup was to uh, DJ Moore. He's the one in Chicago now, right? Yes. So he was covering their number one guy, and he he was he was stuck right to him on that play. And that was the one for me. I was like, okay, this kid might this kid's in it in this battle. Um, and yeah, so I think that, I think they went with the hot hand there. And Torrance, like I said, it just seemed like all the way that was that was the move. And uh, Bills really address their their guard position more than ever for the first time. Uh, Connor McGovern's not quite the highest paid guard, but the Bills just don't want to pay their interior linemen. Uh, they never do. Brandon Bean never does that. So investing in McGovern was one thing, and then a second round pick another. It's like okay, they've done that before. Cody yep. Ford didn't work out, but yep. you know this 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 kid's looking good uh, at left guard too. So hey. Uh, let's see how it works out. Uh, best of luck to these young guys and uh, Godspeed, uh, Terrell Bernard. I, I have no idea what you're going to do. <laughs> we don't know, and we're going to find out some things in short order here because we got a football game to play here in just a few days. So let's talk Bills Jets here coming up next. But first, here's some fantasy advice from thehuddle.com. Welcome to the 2023 NFL season. I'm Corey Benini of thehuddle.com here to bring you strong plays for week number one. Detroit Lions quarterback Jared Goff at Kansas City. The Chiefs appear to be without pass-rushing defensive tackle Chris Jones and his 15.5 sacks from 2022, while Goff is likely to be without his starting center. 
KC's offense could be slowed if Travis Kelsey has to sit, but there's still a chance this becomes a shootout. Be careful though, since Goff was much better at home than on the road a year ago. Consider him a low-end QB1 in the season opener. Washington Commanders running back Brian Robinson Jr. versus the Arizona Cardinals. Returning as the unquestioned starter on early downs, Robinson should be in for a treat in a favorable matchup to open the season. His usage at the goal line gives him touchdown upside, and Washington should lean heavily on the run with quarterback Sam Howell taking over. We should see a small receiving uptick for Robinson, but he should do enough on the ground as a fringe RB2 option against a defense that allowed 22 running back touchdowns a year ago and didn't clearly improve this offseason. Wide receiver Michael Thomas, New Orleans Saints at Tennessee Titans. If Thomas really is ready to return to any semblance of his past glory, it should come this week versus a Tennessee group that is among the top candidates to be the weakest pass defense in fantasy football. A year ago, this was the best matchup for PPR wide receivers, and New Orleans should test the secondary early and often. The Saints may have trouble running, which portends to more passing volume. Thomas's floor is a 10-point PPR projection, and he has borderline wide receiver one upside. Tight end David Njoku, Cleveland Browns versus Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati gave up serious numbers in terms of volume in 2022, but only three of 89 catches by the position were worth six points. With Deshaun Watson under center in the Week 14 meeting, he found Njoku seven times for 59 yards and a score. Since he has two new starting safeties in Daxon Hill and Nick Scott, both relatively inexperienced. For that alone, we like Njoku's chances of posting another robust fantasy line. For more award-winning fantasy football tips, news, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. All right, we're back in the Bills. Nick, are two-and-a-half-point road favorites as they make this trip, again, to New Jersey, uh, to face Aaron Rodgers and the Jets at MetLife. Monday Night Football, like we've been talking about, Nick, no one's really talking up the Bills. Everyone's talking up the Jets. They were featured on HBO's Hard Knocks. I watched the Get Up program on ESPN this morning. All but one of the panel picked uh, the Jets to win this game outright over the Bills. I think Dan Orlovsky, he was just, his reasoning was because Von Miller's out. So he had to pick the Jets. It's like, okay, Dan, whatever you say. You know what I mean? So with all that said, the Bills are still road favorites. Agree or disagree? Yeah, I think so. I mean, three straight um, AFC AFC title a, AFC titles AFC East titles. Nick Linear uh, verbiage. Um, <laughs> I think so. We wish. Uh, I, I and not to mention, I mean, the Jets did get the best of the Bills last season, and because the again, we do the game by game predictions. We have legitimate podcast episodes on it. You can go through and. Ryan, you always criticize me for because I always say they're going to lay a stinker against the Patriots because I'm just scarred for life. Oh, I've been telling you for years, and they, and they have <laughs> not lost. To the, they have that. not lost to the Patriots in a long time. Yeah, yeah, but I still, I still, I still like have a problem not not doing that. No, you'll predict but, the um, Patriots win this year, guaranteed. I just mark it down now. Yeah, yeah, but I, I think this year I did. But I think, um, you know, I, I think a well-rested Bills team. You know, I I know that the 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 Jets are are revamping, and uh, you know they walk on water defensively in their own minds, just just like Sean McDermott and and Josh Allen doing <laughs> Niagara Buffalo. Falls. Yep, <laughs> they are you know, walk over Niagara Falls, and um, but uh, I think it's going to take a couple a game, a couple games for for Aaron Rodgers and, and these guys to get on the same page. I mean, I know I know Garrett Wilson had a pretty good rookie year, but. How many guys have pretty good rookie years and then get kind of found out? You know, it's it's. I'm not saying he's going to get found out, but you know, it, it, sophomore slumps happen. This team, their team, it, it's weird too. We're talking. We were talking earlier in the last segment, Ryan. How oh, they're overlooking the Bills and you know they got to prove themselves again. It's like what have the Jets proven? <laughs> what they got? Aaron Rodgers. I mean, God forbid. Uh, I, I can't remember any time that the Jets have ever signed a future Hall of Fame cornerback and it didn't work out, especially one that used to play, play on Green Bay. You know, yeah, very similar um, there. 
Yeah, uh, I, I, no, I've never seen that storyline before. So I guess it's going to take a little bit of time for them to get on the same page. I mean, there is such a huge thing in this world that people don't understand about football is that coaching matters. And being in Ken Dorsey's offense, basically the same offense for so long now, it pays dividends. It's going to pay off. It's going to be huge. And it, yeah, it's it's. Um, I think that the advantage for the Bills certainly is there pretty easily in my mind, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I, I could not agree more. Actually, I, you're like, it's almost like you're reading off my notes that I had for myself for the show, Nick. Like I was going to say, I am backing the Bills at this number, two and a half. It's, it's because of what we've been kind of talking about throughout the episode. The Bills have continuity. They um, have done a great job keeping their guys. Uh, you know, they have a lot of the same horses, and they've been around for the past couple of years. The Jets, yeah, they've given Buffalo some issues with their defense. There's no doubt about it. But come on, this is Aaron Rodgers' first game at home against a team that's been dominating the AFC East standings for years now, like that's just a tall order in my opinion, right? Like that Rodgers and the Jets are going to have their crap together to consistently move the football and score on the Bills defense because I guess folks have kind of forgotten, Nick, that the Bills have had a pretty stout defense over the last few years in their own right. So yeah, the Bills, in my opinion, definitely being slept on. And I'd say this as well. I kind of ranted a little bit, Nick, when... We found out Sean McDermott was going to call the plays. I kind of ranted about it. I said, I love my coach who manages the game. I don't want my coach calling the plays. I think that's corny. Whatever. I think I did that. I slept on it now. I'm actually kind of excited that Sean McDermott is going to call the plays. I don't think it's I don't think it's going to hurt the Bills. Uh, he was a damn good defensive coordinator, and he knows his defense, and I, maybe that'll add a little something, right? Uh, it just comes down to that same continuity piece. So, yeah, I mean, if all I need is a Bills three-point win to cover, I'm going to take it. I'm not necessarily convinced the Bills are like a lot better than they were last year, but I, I don't think they're any worse. I'll, I'll put it that way, right? And I'm definitely not convinced that the Jets are like some mm-hmm. juggernaut all of a sudden just because they added Aaron Rodgers and Dalvin Cook. You know what I mean? Like I'm just yeah. I'm not quite there yet. So yeah, I'm, I'm high on the Bills in this game. Yeah, I, I agree. I know it's going to be a, a road game on a, on a national spotlight, but even though the Bills, again, are being overlooked, it seems they've been through these games now. You know, this is... Yeah, God bless the Jets for getting a lot of these new players. Um, which I, I, you know, I, I, I don't really, you know, whatever happens, happens. I'm not. I can wish them to fail or whatever, but part of me kind of hopes that they do, only because not, not, not the AFC's rival view, but how many years has Aaron Rodgers complained that, or the headlines have been that he doesn't have any help. And then he signs with the Jets, and they literally sign all his buddies. Let's get Randall Cobb over to the Jets. I'm like, what <laughs> yeah, the hell like, is going on? It's like, when is he going to lure Mercedes Lewis out of retirement? That big tight end. Yeah, it's like, um, it's like uh, Mugatu. It's like, am I taking crazy pills? It's like, it's like <laughs> Elijah Moore. Get the hell out of you're here! You're complaining I'm... about this for years, and now you just got the same team except like Garrett Wilson. Like, what is yeah. going on? It's like, oh, Jets, you got this nice young receiver, Elijah Moore. Get out of here. I want I want Alan Lazard. <laughs> yeah, what? Like, you're just complaining about it. What is going it's on? So, it's so true. <laughs> um, I actually have another bet that we could make for those out there who, who are into the betting that I think may be a slight edge, but uh, maybe also a little bit tricky. But first, what does anything worry you about the matchup, Nick? What, what, what on the Jets side might worry you uh, going into this one? Good question. Um, certainly, it's it's the you know the uh, the the middle linebacker situation here, right? Uh, for the Bills, really. For sure. Uh, between, I mean, just that backfield. They got a they got a great backfield between, with Brees Hall and uh, Delvin Cook now. 
um, which, you know, nice matchup. That's going to be James Cook versus Dalvin Cook. I know. Um, <clears throat> Bills couldn't get Dalvin, unfortunately. Have the two brothers in the backfield. That would be pretty yeah. sweet. Yeah, and, and I mean, they don't have the flashiest tight ends of you all, Ty Conklin and CJ Uzoma. Um, but I, I just, again, I don't, that's the thing that would concern me the most is kind of that play in the middle. Um, I think with that, we're going to be in store for a big year from Tredavious White with that knee injury. I know Dr. Von Miller thinks he probably should have been back in like six weeks, but uh, I think with Trey, it kind of seemed like a case of mental and physically he needed time to get back out there. Uh, they say after two seasons after they come back, the guy is closer to back, closest he's going to be back to 100%. And I think so. I think that that is going to be the case for Trey White. I think the secondary is going to be pretty solid. Um, they've got depth there. They got depth on the defensive line. And while we're going to talk about the Greg Rousseau's, the Leonard Floyd's, the AJ Epinesa's of the world in terms of the pass rush and Von Miller, I think a underrated signing for the Bills is going to be they got uh, Daquan Jones back, but Puna Ford, I think, is going to be huge for this team uh, because they only had. Quan Jones as a run stopper in the middle and not that those two guys are going to be on the field together too often, but they got Puna Ford in the, on the cheap because he had a crappy season last year, but admittedly from Pete Carroll's mouth himself, we played Puna Ford in a position that he doesn't play and he played like crap. So he's going back to a four, four, <laughs> Thanks, uh, four, four lineman front. And I think Puna Ford's going to be pretty good. I think the bills are going to be decent up the middle, but I mean, you still, you still need that linebacker to, plug holes to make tackles and I just don't know what to expect so that is from the Jets point of view what's getting me probably a little bit nervous uh, in terms of uh, this matchup yep they're going to try to scheme some stuff up there and uh and test it for sure so we know that's coming so that's something to keep an eye on during the ball game for sure okay so I teased like another bet I'm and it, and it just like just to put it out there for those still listening to us and if you are we love you thanks for hanging on uh <laughs> We're not professional uh, betters, right? So I just want to put that out there. I'm not. A, I'm not a professional uh, better. You are. Excuse Nick. I know. me. I you, am. You and your parlays yeah, are. are right. <laughs> that's like a professional level. I am not. I'm not going to claim. Fanduel so. is just licking their chops exactly. when you place exactly. that twenty dollar parlay. That's going to miss in the first twenty dollars on a parlay. Ahead, what are you doing, man? All right. So <laughs> this is just totally me, just talking out of my ass. So honestly, I maybe don't run out there and put a huge bet on this. I'm not a professional, but I will say this. A bet to monitor that I think there might be something there is the under. And here's why. Because, like we said earlier, Nick, the Jets don't have a ton of continuity on offense. Yes, my my guess is they're going to grind the play clock. Aaron Rodgers does this. He, does, he did this in Green Bay. He's going to grind the play clock down. I mean, he hasn't had a ton of run with his receivers yet. I think he's going to try to get like cheap penalties on the Bills, try to draw them off sides. He's going to do all that crap. He's going to take the play clock down. Both defenses are awesome. Uh, it's week one. Both teams might be a little rusty. I know the Bills can score points in bunches, but I don't know. I feel like this could be a... The Jets might try to dictate a field position-y, defensive kind of game. I know they're going to grind the clock, have a slow pace. Uh, so the over-under is 46 in this game. It's uh, a little higher than I might like to take the under, but I think the under is kind of attractive, attractive for those reasons. I just think it's going to... This has a chance to be a grindy game because the Jets are going to want to play it that way, if that makes sense. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. And again, they, you know, I'm not being super critical of their defense, or I didn't mean to come off that way. They do have a good defense, but they also have a good defense. <laughs> so there's that. Yes. Um, two good defenses. And, and, and yeah, to your point, uh, grinding out a game, if one team does that, let alone both, um, I don't, you know, I know the Bills are going to 
take their shots and whatnot. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's, that's, that's a fair one. And I, I think especially people get scared to take the under on a national spotlight game. Um, unless Kirk Cousins is playing, then they probably smash it. Uh, because you think the, because <laughs> you think the NFL, <laughs> they want points. They tell those officials we want, we want points. Yeah. Yeah. And people think it's going to be a wild, wild, you know, a national spotlight game, but well, is it, 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 is, yeah. it is it always, <laughs> it feels like it feels wrong to pick the under in a Josh Allen game. It does. Cause you know, he's, you know, the bills are an explosive offense. You're, they're going to put points on the board even against the jets. But I just think the jets are so they're such a slow paced team that there might be something there. But again, I'm no professional better, Nick, unlike you. I'm I'm just no yes, professional. That's what I am right now. I'm undefeated right now in the season. Cause I haven't placed a bet. <laughs> exactly. I haven't placed a bet in a while. I barely know. I barely remember how. Uh, but so so there's our there's our kickoff episode. We're off and running on season four of the podcast. Uh, super excited, Nick. I'm just ready. I'm ready to be back here weekly with you, breaking down real football games. Let's go. I'm fired up. Going to be a fun one. Another long one. Another fun one. Looking forward to it, Ryan. Yep. Hopefully, we're talking uh, well into 2024. And talking to all of you listening as well. So for Nick Woten, I'm Ryan O'Leary. We appreciate you. Catch you next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.